Shalom. I'm Rabbi Stewart, and uh, welcome to your weekly broadcast of Your Jewish Connection. You know, January 27th is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And today I want to share with you some important things about this day and that tragic time in history, things that you've probably never heard. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stewart, connecting you to the Jewish identity of Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Here now, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. Today we are going to be tackling another difficult and sobering subject. International Holocaust Remembrance Day occurs every year on January 27th, and the nations of the world commemorate the tragedy of the Holocaust that occurred during the Second World War. Six million Jews, five million other people were brutally murdered by the Nazi regime and its collaborators. Think about those numbers. They're beyond, really beyond. But finally, finally, the world really took note. And November 1st, 2005, 60 years after the Holocaust came to an end, the United Nations passed Revolution 60.7 and established the 27th of January as International Holocaust Remembrance Day, which urges every member nation of the UN to honor the memory of Holocaust victims and encourages the development of educational programs about Holocaust history to help prevent future acts of genocide. It reflects, it rejects any denial of the Holocaust as an event and condemns all manifestations of religious intolerance, incitement, harassment, or violence against persons or community based on ethnic origin or religious belief. You know, uh, Dwight Eisenhower was a general in the American army. And uh, he then went on to become the 34th president of the United States. And uh, he was in Germany um, uh, at the end of the war. And he wrote this letter to uh, George Marshall on April 15, 1945. You remember Marshall was the author of the plan to rebuild Europe. And that plan became known as the Marshall Plan. Eisenhower wrote, and I quote, The things I saw beggar description. While I was touring the camp, meaning one of the concentration and death camps, I encountered three men who had been inmates and by one ruse or another had made their escape. I interviewed them through an interpreter. The visual evidence and the verbal testimony of starvation, cruelty, and bestiality were so overpowering as to leave me a bit sick. In one room where there were piled up 20 or 30 naked men killed by starvation, George Patton would not even matter. And by the way, folks, George Patton was a uh, courageous and uh, uh, powerful American general. He said he would get sick if he went in. 
I made the visit deliberately. This is Eisenhower speaking. I made the visit deliberately in order to be in a position to give firsthand evidence of these things, if ever in the future there develops a tendency to charge these allegations merely to propaganda. Or in other words, he was saying he wanted firsthand evidence because he thought there might be a tendency in the future that people would deny the Holocaust and the horrors associated with what the Nazi regime did. And so really, we can say that both the UN resolution, <coughs> excuse me, and Eisenhower's, Eisenhower's concern were prophetic because, as you know, Holocaust denial is on the rise and it is another dangerous manifestation of anti-Semitism. Let us all take our stand together against these kinds of evils, holding up the banners of truth and God's love for the Jewish people and all people. This is incumbent upon all those that name the name of Jesus, Yeshua. You may ask, why was January 27th chosen? Well, the reason is, on January 27th, 1945, Auschwitz-Birkenau, the largest Nazi concentration and death camp, was liberated by the Red Army. At Auschwitz, approximately 1.1 million people were murdered by the Nazi killing machine, out of which about 960,000 of them were Jewish, including a large number of children. The Holocaust was a very dark time in history. We are friends with dozens of Holocaust survivors. We've heard their horrific stories of suffering, the loss of family members, as well as their amazing courage. We shared some of these stories with you in past episodes, and uh, if you missed those, you can go to our archives at uh, the REACH Initiative International website, reachii.org. You can also find this on your favorite uh, podcast platform. Look for episodes 27 and 28 entitled Holocaust Survivor Stories. Stories like our friend Leonid Rubinstein, a survivor of five concentration camps and the Minsk ghetto, where he shares things like his father was in the ghetto and he was just walking and he didn't see a Nazi officer. And the rule was that when you walked past the Nazi officer, you had to tip your hat. And, uh, Uh, When he noticed the officer, he apologized, tipped his hat. The officer said, that's the last time you'll be tipping your hat. And he shot him dead right there in front of Leonid, 13-year-old boy. What a crime, right? He missed tipping his hat because he didn't see the officer. That deserves death on the spot, doesn't it? And this kind of cruelty is just a little example of what was going on there. I could tell you story after story, but uh, get get a hold of those episodes 27 and 28 if you haven't. Our goal in serving, Reach Initiative International serves more than 500 Holocaust survivors in Israel and Belarus, and our goal is to let them know that followers of Yeshua, followers of Jesus, remember them, honor them, love them, and want to 
bless them in any way that we can. You know, you can join with us, and I invite you to pray and support our week, our work. Go to reachii.org and get our free prayer guide, How to Pray for the Jewish People. And I want to invite you to consider the opportunity to partner with us financially as well. For a gift of just $30, you can help bring joy and practical help to a lonely Holocaust survivor. And when you send a gift of any amount, we want to send you the amazing and inspirational story written by Irina, a survivor of the Holocaust. It is entitled, How Can You Believe in a God Who Would Allow the Holocaust? So when sending your donation, just ask for Irina's ebook. You know, back to Auschwitz. The commandant of Auschwitz, his name was Rudolf Huss, and or Hess, and he was raised in a devout Catholic family by devout Catholic parents. Here's what uh, he said. This is after he went to Treblinka, another death camp, and uh, he decided he was going to make improvements, and he boasted about them. He said this, We improved on the methods at at Treblinka death camp by building gas chambers ten times larger so that they could kill 2,000 people at once rather than 200. He commented, Still another improvement we made over Treblinka was that the victims at Treblinka always knew that they were going to be exterminated, but at Auschwitz we endeavored to fool the victims into thinking that they were going into a delousing process. How callous! How deceived to think killing of human beings, including beautiful little children, children like yours and mine, were simply, it was simply a business that needed to be done more effectively, more quickly, and more cost-efficient. How hard-hearted and devoid of human affection he had become, and so many others like him. With Zyklon B, he said, it took three to 15 minutes for the victims to die. And he added, and we knew that the people were dead because they stopped screaming. Some questions keep running through my mind. Perhaps they run through your mind as well. How could this have happened? How could the Holocaust have happened? How could people Human beings like you and me do such cruel and heartless things to other people, including men, women, and children. We're not talking about soldiers at war. How could these people even sleep at night? And Germany, before the Holocaust, was an advanced, civilized, and well-educated nation, an unlikely group of people to systematically humiliate, torture, starve, and murder innocent men and children. As we attempt to answer these questions, it is important to state right from the beginning, every person, every human being is responsible for his or her her decisions, his or her behavior. This must be emphasized and re-emphasized over and over again. One cannot say, the devil made me do it. One cannot say, Hitler made me do it. One cannot say, I was just following orders. Every person is responsible for their decisions and their behaviors before man and before God. Nevertheless, it is impossible to understand man's capacity for evil 
unless we understand the spiritual realm and spiritual realities of life. There is a spiritual world. Simply put, the Bible makes it clear, and experience does indeed bear witness that there is God, and he is good, and God has good angels, and there is Satan, the devil, and he is evil, and he has an army of demonic evil spirits. And the Bible tells us how we're supposed to deal with these spirituality, spiritual realities. So stay tuned as we dig into that. Welcome back to Your Jewish Connection. I'm Rabbi Stewart. We're talking about a very difficult and sobering subject. We're talking about the Holocaust and International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And we've begun to take a look at the spiritual realities of life and how they influence man's ability to do unimaginable evil to another man, to another person. And uh, we did state, and I want to state it again, uh, it is very important for us to remember right from the beginning that every person is responsible for their decisions and for their behavior before God and before their fellow man. And so we cannot say, Hitler made me do it, the devil made me do it, etc., etc. Okay, few Bible verses. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. One John, uh, in John 10.10, Yeshua, Jesus, gives us a picture of the work of that spiritual being called Satan, the devil, the adversary, the deceiver, the liar. And he says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy and when he lies, this is John eight forty four now, and when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, the father of lies. The devil is the father of lies. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And in the book of James, Jacob, Yaakov in Hebrew, Jacob translated James, but each one is tempted when By his own evil desires, he is turned away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. This is the first chapter of uh, James. And that's why we're exhorted in Psalm 133, verse 23, Uh, And David uh, said this, he said, Examine me, O God, and know my mind. Test me and discover my thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. So we want to make sure that we, as followers of Yeshua, are keeping ourselves in line with God and his ways because you're going to be amazed that there are many Christian people that were supporting the Nazi regime, and the work of brutal murder of innocent people by that regime. Yeshua said in Matthew 4, 1, uh, and the following verses, he, he explained, rather, 
it explains that that Jesus was tempted by the devil but resisted the devil and chose to proclaim and obey the word of God. Sadly, throughout human history, way too often, people do the opposite of what Yeshua did and taught, and he's our example. Instead of resisting the lies and temptations of the devil, people embrace them. People reject truth, reject the good ways of God, reject the fundamental law of relationship between man and man, and that is to do unto others as you would have them do unto you, and to love your neighbors yourself. And people too often choose the lies and the evil temptations of the devil. They choose the lies of the evil temptations of the devil. And, of course, this suits, these temptations suit man's selfish, proud, and greedy side that side of us that Yeshua said we should deny and crucify. Now that we've taken a brief look at the spiritual aspect of things, I'd like to spend a few moments to take a look at some history that provided fertile ground for Hitler and the Nazi killing machine. We are, we are uh, going to call this segment of our conversation Lies, Lies, and more lies. Through the ages, Jewish people have been charged with killing Jesus. And the charge goes that not only those Jews in Jesus' time when he lived in Israel, but in every generation, Jews are Christ killers and were guilty of the blood of Jesus. Even early church fathers, such as St. John Chrysostom, echoed this belief. And sadly, it goes on even today. I mean, in Belarus, there are still many Russian Orthodox uh, teachers that teach this kind of stuff. There's books written, and not only from the Russian Orthodox, but I experienced that having lived in uh, the former Soviet Union. There's the false belief that Jews would kidnap Christian children to use their blood for ritual purposes. Lie. The Black Plague, the Jews were blamed for causing it and spreading it. Lie. The reason the Jews were less affected was simply because they were following God's hygiene guidelines given to them through Moses and the Torah. The people of that time would have done better in following the Jewish example of hygiene instead of blaming them foolishly and more of their loved ones and friends lost their lives. False belief that Jews would sneak into a church and stab the host during communion, the host that's used during communion as a mockery of the crucifixion. Then there's this term called Judensau. It means Jew pig in English. It is vile and degrading depictions of Jews involving a pig. The image first appears in the Middle Ages, mostly in carvings where? In front of churches and cathedrals, often outside where they could see, be seen publicly on the street. This was very popular for about 600 years. These sculptures illustrate Christian anti-Semitism that the Nazis were able to effectively draw upon. Shockingly, you're not going to believe this. Some of these sculptures still exist in European churches and cathedrals 
today. Jews in medieval imagery would be depicted as owls because owls were considered to be dirty birds and preferred the dark, who preferred the dark just as Jews were considered to be dirty and preferred to be in the dark instead of in the light of Christianity. The Nazis had a strong focus on the dehumanization of the Jewish people that would influence the German public. We're answering the questions on how can people do this inhuman, be so cruel to their fellow human beings. And we looked at the spiritual aspects, and now we're looking at the historical influences. (laughs) So dehumanization was a key to dehumanize the Jewish people and influence the German population. It would be a foundation for the Nazi final solution. And the final solution was to rid Europe of all Jews through the systematic murder of them all, men, women, and children. During the the Holocaust, Nazis referred to the Jews as, as rats. Hutus involved in the Rwanda genocide called Tutsis another group of, of uh, people living in Rwanda, they called the Tutsis cockroaches. Slave owners throughout history considered slaves subhuman animals. When the Nazis described Jews as subhuman, they didn't mean it metaphorically. They didn't mean they were like subhumans. They meant they were literally subhuman. Therefore, the Nazis claimed right to the fact that we should rid our world of these subhuman Jewish people and others as well. It is always the foundation uh, for foolish people submitting to evil lies to do great evil in order, as Yeshua said, to steal from them, to kill them, or destroy them. Martin Luther, this is going to shock some of you, uh, I'm quoting from a, an article in uh, Wikipedia, Luther and Antisemitism. In the earlier phases of his career, until around 1536, he expressed concern for their plight, the Jews, in Europe, and was enthusiastic at the prospect of converting them to Christianity through his religious reforms. Being unsuccessful in that, in his later career, Luther denounced the Jews and Judaism and caused and called for harsh, harsh persecution of the Jews. In his writings called uh, On the Jews and Their Lies, he deplores Christum's failure to expel them. Moreover, he proposed, what shall we Christians do with this rejected and condemned people, the Jews? We're going to pick up on this in our next broadcast of Your Jewish Connection. But uh, I want to just end with these thoughts. Pastor Martin Niemöller, a German pastor during the time of Hitler, uh, said this. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Let us learn this lesson of history. 
Let us learn this lesson of history and raise our voices in our prayers when needed and not be silent in the face of evil. If you have questions or comments, please send them to yjc at reachii.org, or you can go to our ministry website, Reach Initiative International's website, reachii.org. That's reach, R-E-A-C-H-I-I.org. Next week, we're going to continue with our discussion of International Holocaust Remembrance Day, and uh, I trust that uh, what we share will we'll help you to understand how to respond to evil in this world. Let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. Lord, I continue to be uh, sobered, shocked, uh, amazed. I can't even find enough words for man's ability to be cruel to his fellow man. I mean, there's child sacrifice in places in the world today. There's genocide. There's child trafficking, sex trafficking today. There's all kinds of evil because men are, people are in rebellion to you, Lord. I pray, Father God, that we as followers of Jesus, as followers of Yeshua, would shine our light ever more brightly, that we would give our hearts, our time, and our resources ever more, with ever more intensity and generosity to bring your love and truth to a dark world. And Father God, wherever evil reigns, help us not to be silent. Help us to lift our voice in prayer and lift our voice uh, against all forms of injustice and evil. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. 